Well, happy Transfiguration Sunday. You may be wondering what transfiguration means. So trans means change, and figure means shape. So today we celebrate the fact that Jesus changes shape. Well, he lights up like a light bulb, so bright that there is no bleached garment to compare it to. His very being changes. And this is wild. It's strange. You can tell by the disciples' reactions. We are now halfway through the book of Mark. So by now they're used to these miraculous healings and exorcisms that we've been getting the last couple of weeks. Jesus has even fed a giant crowd, not once, but twice, and even faced some public scrutiny about it. But this, this is otherworldly. This is something that cannot be defined. One minute the disciples and Jesus are taking a hike, and the next minute he is dazzling like the sun, and they are not alone. Two great prophets slash leaders are with them, Moses and Elijah. Mark writes that the disciples were terrified and did not know what to say. And yet Peter tries to fumble and come up with something. He's like, should we make some tents? Should we make some dwellings and stay here? Which isn't a wildly ridiculous suggestion. Other biblical figures have marked special places with altars. And yet, before anyone can respond to that idea, as if things weren't absurd enough, a giant cloud overshadows them. And something what I can only imagine is a giant booming voice like something out of Monty Python You hear, this is my son, the beloved, which should remind us of Jesus' baptism. God has already done this once before, but he's added another line, listen to him. And just as quickly as it began, it ends. The disciples are alone. Almost imagine a clear blue sky once again, and Jesus is back to normal. And so they head back down the mountain, perplexed and confused and befuddled, wondering, what could this all possibly mean? And dear ones, I wonder that too. What are we to do with such a wild, mostly unbelievable story? Perhaps what makes it so special is the fact that it is so truly unbelievable. I mean, even as this Hallmark holiday approaches celebrating cheesy love and glowing relationships, as much as I love my spouse, he does not glow in the dark. No, right? Humans do not glow. They don't become radiant and shimmery. And yet, in this story, in this festival in the church here, we savor the divineness of Christ. We celebrate that Jesus is both human and God. And here in this story, we get a little glimmer of the two showing up together. I often think, wouldn't it be great if God worked this way today? In the middle of like, like a gray, drab day like today, our ordinary week, 
Maybe you're in the office and between emails and meetings or between laundry and dishes and getting the kids off to school and between text messages and doom scrolling, God showed up and changed everything like a giant glitter bomb, light and holiness beyond our wildest imagination. Wouldn't it be so much easier to prove the existence of God to believe in God and work for God's kingdom if we had examples of proof right here in our midst. Sacred, shimmering, awestruck beauty. And yet, maybe it has happened, and we just have not been paying attention. In the famous psychology experiment by Simon and Chabris, Participants are asked to pay close attention to a video of two teams playing basketball. And they're asked to count how many times the ball is passed back and forth. And so the video begins, and there's six people, three people in white shirts and three people in black shirts, and they're mingling around, tossing this basketball back and forth. And when the video is over, they ask the participants, if anyone saw the gorilla. And people are so confused. They're like, gorilla? We watched this ball being passed around 15 times, but there is no gorilla? Are you kidding? And then they show the video again, and the basketball is happening, players are moving around, and then all of a sudden this person in a furry gorilla suit comes marching in, dancing, waves at the camera, in the middle, and then dances off. And people are flabbergasted. You can find it on YouTube, that I promise you, now that I've told you there's a gorilla, you will not unsee it. For how could you miss a giant furry gorilla on center stage? But it happens over and over again. This phenomenon is known as inintentional blindness or selective seeing. Selective seeing. And you know, we can only absorb so much in a day. Perhaps it's the exhaustion of the daily grind, the stress of a headline, or caretaking, our worries about the world, about ourselves and our families, our phones, with the constant distractions. I wonder. Perhaps events like the one we heard today and other wild experiences we hear throughout Scripture, things like burning bushes and chariots of fire and prophets and angels proclaiming, do not be afraid. Perhaps these wild things are not just things that happened in the past, but they are still happening. We have just been trained so hard not to see it even if it's waving right in front of us. Amy Dillard has this delicious quote about Christians. She writes, On the whole, I do not find Christians outside of the catacombs sufficiently sensible of conditions. Does anyone have the foggiest idea of what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or as I suspect, does any, no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, 
mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares, and they should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may awake someday and take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. Dear ones, this is why I come to church. To remember that God is just not a figure from the past, but promises to be right here in our midst. As we gather together around the font and at the table, as we hear and reflect on Scripture together, as we pray for our world and our neighbors, and we proclaim peace, I encounter our God made visible in each of you. And I am so grateful to be reminded that the drab, sometimes awful, painful, broken world is not all that there is. For our world, our, our home is humming vibrantly with the radiance of God. God is here. In our midst, we encounter the shimmery, glittery, cannot be explained divineness of our loving creator, redeemer, and sustainer. The God who loves us always, forgives us continuously, and promises to make all things new. Our God is so mighty that God even raises life from the dead. In a few days, we are going to begin our Lenten journey where we face our mortality and remember that we are indeed just dust. But for today, let us celebrate and savor that in transfiguration, God indeed is full of power and might and awe, and we get to see it. Let us don our hard hats and be on the lookout for the incredible things that God is doing in our midst. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks be to God.